Hi, I'm Curious Cass, and this is Curiosity Junkie. Today we're going to talk about boundaries. What are they, and why are they important? Welcome, Tracy Brady, back to the show. Hi, Tracy. Welcome back. How are you? I am well, Cassie. It's good to see you. It's great to see you. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on and chatting with us again today. One of the things I wanted to talk to you about, and it's on my list with many, many others, is boundaries. We touched on it in a previous episode, and I noticed in the comments on the Facebook page, someone was saying, I want more on boundaries, and I thought, fantastic, me too. So, let's talk about boundaries. (laughs) Oh, wow. Well, that's easy. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, that'll be done in two seconds. Um, You're like, oh, this will be a short video. (laughs) Thank you so much for inviting me back. I I really love, love, love um, these discussions because, like, it's it's just what I love to do. And I think it really helps people, you know, when when people are ready to be helped. Anyway, boundaries is a really important topic and it's a, a kind of a catchphrase uh, that's been around for a while. And yes. I think that, first of all, one of the misconceptions I think people have about boundaries is that it's some sort of wall. Mm. And, um, you know, when you think of a, a, a lot line or something, you know, your boundary of your home, uh, for example, or your your office space or something like that. It's, it's kind of a, it's not rigid. It's, it's movable. You know, if you need to change it, you can. And so that's something very important, I think, to remember about setting boundaries for yourself. Um, And one of the best ways to think about boundaries is in the physical sense, because it's the easiest way for us to, at least for me, I think, to identify what it means. And so, You have physical boundaries, you have emotional boundaries, you have um, external boundaries and internal boundaries. And um, as you alluded to in a private conversation we had, you can have boundaries that are different for different situations and different relationships. And that all makes sense. But all of this boundary setting um, is based on listening to yourself and identifying what feels right, what seems right, what hurts, what doesn't, um, and that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, I probably, well, for me, I shouldn't speak for everyone. For me, I think it's the, the family boundaries, the love relationships, and I guess maybe they are all love relationships because even friends you love and you, you're you always afraid to like, I am afraid to set that boundary that someone won't accept it. And then like there's that fear thing that comes in and the mind that says, oh my God, you don't fit in. You're not accepted. That we are afraid to set the boundary that creates a healthier relationship mostly for yourself and for the other person. So how do you how do you set the boundaries in a loving because you love that person, but you also love yourself? How do you go about setting a boundary, communicating the boundary, and then how do you maintain that boundary? 
Well, I'll start backwards. <clears throat> I'll start for the, <laughs> the last one you said first, and that is maintaining. So boundaries, like I, like I said, are, are, are fluid right. and should be fluid based on new information. Right. Okay. okay. Right. So it's important not to get uh, dug in. We're not digging trenches. We're setting exactly. boundaries. <laughs> okay. Yeah. We're not burying ourselves. Right. Okay. Um, and so that we can't get out of that. Um, and, and like you said, you know, boundaries are for ourselves and um, for our, our relationship. And, but one of the biggest barriers, uh, which is why people don't pay a lot of attention to bound to setting boundaries until it's too late or until they're in a, you know, in a quandary about what to do about something in a relationship or right. a situation that they have to say, oh, maybe something isn't right. And that's a perfect time to notice when you notice that something's not right mm-hmm. when you notice that you have a sense or a feeling or even a something hurts mm. you can say there, i mean there's a reason for that right. you know um i, I get i'm an analogy crazy junk person and oh. so i think about something like uh, strawberries mm-hmm. if if you had never tried strawberries and someone says i think you should try strawberries and you might say well, that, you know, you, you check with yourself. Okay, that looks good or it doesn't look good. That seems right for me or it doesn't seem right for me. Um, say you decide it does seem right for you and to take a bite and you have one or two and they taste really good and you think, oh, I'm going to have strawberry. Well, what if you break out in a rash? Mm-hmm. You have to set a boundary for yourself based on that experience. Right. Now, if somebody else comes to you and says, you know, these ba- these strawberries are from somewhere else and they don't have that highly uh, allergic re- reaction to for most people try these then you're kind of you're kind of in a place where you have to say risk benefit mm, right i i might be risking you know your throat could close up i mean like you know my nursing background comes into play in a lot of this stuff uh, which is why i like the physical analogies but you know, you come to a place where you have to say, um, what's the benefit? What's the risk? And so that that's moving that boundary. And this is a very simple um, way of looking at boundaries, but I think it, it can be carried forth in mental, you know, emotional, r- different types of relationships. But the most important thing is to pause and ask yourself, what does this feel like? What does this look like? What will it feel like? If I do get another rash, am I willing to risk it? Um, are the are the vitamins worth it? What are the benefits? You know, how, why do I want to please this person? Is it for me? Is it for them? There's all these all these things that you can do in a in a short span. You know, it's not like if something is causing if if you're if you're at a juncture where you are asked to make a decision either by yourself or your boss, or a friend, or a lover, or child, or life, if a question comes to you about something, and it causes you to pause for a moment, which almost everything should, except for the stuff that just comes naturally, and you know is fairly safe, and, you know, if it's something like that, you know, the habit of going inside and asking yourself, picturing yourself doing this thing, or not doing this thing, Picture yourself um, what what it would feel like in your body, 
what the risks would be for yourself, what the benefits might be for yourself, the other person, and, and try to get an overall picture of what this looks like before you make a decision. I like that. That's a great, that's a great one. And I'm such a visual learner that I think that's why I love when you use an analogy because it just like immediately clicks in my brain and I can visualize it. So it makes perfect sense that that would most likely be a powerful way for me to do those steps is that visualize what does this look like and how's this right. going to feel and what, what am I, what am I committed to, I guess. You know, it, that's <clears throat> commitment is is really an important word you use there when we're talking about boundaries and self love, because commitment to self and commitment to others are very important to us. And you mentioned in your introduction um, the idea of fearing that someone might not accept you, or you might lose the relationship, or uh, they might not love us, or you know that kind of thing. And and that really plays to our survival self because you know if you know what happens to us if if we get picked off you know if we get outside the group outside of the comfort and safety of the tribe we're at risk we're vulnerable we're we really are but we're not so vulnerable usually that one person getting upset for a minute or two or even a week or two is going to threaten our lives. That's usually not the case, but it can feel that way. It can feel very, very threatening. Um, one of the things I like to encourage people to do is to ask themselves, if I disappoint so-and-so mm -hmm. or I disappoint myself, you know, put, put myself in both of those situations, um, you may think that it would be easier to disappoint yourself, but if you are on a path of being true to yourself, being authentic and that sort of thing, then generally, if you have to say no to someone else, it's not going to, it's not going to push someone away who needs to be in your life and who is good for you. Um, you know, even our children, which is a big hot topic for people, especially now that we're, you know, uh, <laughs> lots of quality time together. <laughs> I know, you know, I'll t I talk about, you know, couples and that sort of thing, but our children, first of all, you know, so many people are so used to having these, their children be cared for and, and taught outside the home, which has been wonderful. But, uh, it's not left a lot of room for developing healthy boundaries around our children. And so unfortunately there has been, you know, a lot of uh, people having to learn this the hard way and children having to learn it the hard way with the difficulty in um, controlling emotions and uh, self-regulation yeah. and some abuse has occurred. And so it's really important for parents to understand that, it doesn't mean you don't love your child to take some time. Yes. yes. It's, it's also showing your children, you know, that they too deserve and have a right to take time for themselves. Mm -hmm. So having uh, the idea of 
uh, your own space. You know, not a lot of people, you know, not everyone has their own room in their home, but maybe you can have your own space in your room for your things, or maybe you can negotiate with your siblings a, a time where you each have your own time in your room because other people and other relationships are a bit of a distraction for us to get to pay attention to what's going on inside ourselves and get that imagination going and get to try to think about what's important to me and what does this COVID thing mean to me and what about school and what do I want to draw? And, you know, if somebody else is right there, it, it, it's a bit of a distraction. It's hard for most people to, to tune that out completely because we do not want to offend usually. We do not want to. And that's how fights can start and stuff because they're not taking these uh, times for themselves. Themselves, You know, it's, it's just really important for parents to encourage that for their children. And one of the ways to encourage it is to do it for yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that's setting a boundary, you know, and it doesn't mean that, you know, say, say you and I are siblings, and we share a room and we negotiate uh, some time where I have, you know, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and you have Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, from three to five. And that's, that's our times in our room. Well, you know, if I'm ill or you have a friend over or something, that's a boundary that we can negotiate, yeah. you know, and, and it, it just is so much, you know, it feels scary. You know, it feels like I'm being selfish or something. It feels like, but the, the benefit is if you think about it, it's so much better than the risk because we're going to end up our, our souls, our spirits are going to call out to us and say, Hey, you're, you're eating a bad strawberry. I told you, you know, the first time with that rash that you should be doing that. And here you are on the fourth strawberry from the fourth country, and the rash is getting worse and worse. And last time you were in the hospital for a day or had to have shots or something crazy. It's, 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 like, it's almost like we don't know we need to set a boundary until our senses tell us that we do. Right. That makes perfect sense. And so when you when you get to that point and you're at at the you've processed it, you're realizing that this isn't this doesn't feel good, this isn't good for either party, how do you go about setting that boundary? Like with another person? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, suppose um, would you like to give me a scenario? Yeah, okay, let's just go to family because I think most, that's probably the most detrimental to not have some healthy boundaries and that's when relationships get kind of weird. So how do you set boundaries with family members for not just wanting to be in your business or that unsolicited advice that comes at you because I think that's in every family. It's a love thing. They care about you. So they feel like they know what's best for you and they want to tell you what's best for you. <laughs> and I'm not talking about my family or anything. But I'm just curious, like what this is for a friend. <laughs> yeah. I, I I'm familiar with that friend because it's me too. Right? I think every family is like that. We love and care and I do it too. Uh, it's unsolicited love in the form of advice and 
expectations, which we talked about, and, and that kind of thing. So how do we do it in a healthy way that is a – because I think it's a conversation, and it's those are difficult conversations to have. When right. I had them before. You're not used to having them. So how do you start that conversation in a loving from the heart way? Well, I think I think the first thing to do is to ask yourself, you know, I would ask myself, what does this mean to me that this person is we'll just say habitually uh providing unsolicited advice on something that they know nothing about really only surface wise. Um, and, you know, if it's somebody that is a family member, I'm going to assume that they care about me. Mm-hmm. And like you said, they, they only want what's best for me, but they don't necessarily know all the ins and outs that go into that. And nor did I ask them for that. I have to ask myself first, am I providing some sort of unspoken invitation for advice? Okay. Am I going on and on about things? Am I, you know, say it's uh, um, maybe I'm 30 years old and I'm not married or something. So, or 35 or 40 or 50 or whatever. And, and I think that I'm supposed to be married. Okay. So I go on and on to my mother or my sister or my friend or, you know, my whoever, my neighbor about this stuff because we're friends and we talk about stuff like this. Well, that may be an invitation that I'm not aware of to, well, why don't you get on eHarmony or why don't you, or why do you care about being married? That's so old school or, you know, who knows what they might say. And, and of course I have probably thought about all these things and I'm just venting, but at the same time, when I hear these things, it's hurtful because when we speak it, it's, it kind of like it's in us and then we get to hear it. So that means it really was in us, but we don't really want to know what other people think about that because that is coming from their experience. You know, there's very few people in our lives usually that we can respect to a level that we really value their opinion and know that they have our best interest at heart. Mm -hmm. And that's not always people that are close to us because they have a, a stake in what we do and what we think of them. So, uh, you know, not wanting to offend and that sort of thing, you come to a place where you have to have a conversation and it doesn't necessarily always have to be a long drawn out conversation, right? Right. It can be a process of building a boundary. uh, I was going to say brick, but stick by stick, you know, thin stick by thin stick, you know, this is a, it's, it's kind of like you have to decide, is this a firm, firm, firm boundary that's going to protect me physically? You know, do, is someone harming me, you know, uh, and I have to, you know, really not even have this person in my life anymore because they actually harm me? That's a pretty thick brick boundary. Right. But if you're talking about this, you know, with a conversation and uh, unsolicited advice, you, you can, number one, ask yourself, is this, a, is this the person that I really should be venting to about this anymore? It, it obviously triggers them in a way that is hurtful to them. And they, maybe they really want, maybe they're very um, affected by my emotions and, and I'm very upset about this. And so when I share this stuff with them, they get kind of triggered. I hate these catchwords, but they get triggered, you know, uh, 
oh gosh, I can't have I can't have Tracy upset, so I've got to try to fix it. Yeah. Because it makes them upset to have me upset or something. So, you know, they may have a vested interest in their own emotions about my emotions. I know it's kind of convoluted. No, but that makes sense because like I was saying in another video, my emotions are cry or become defensive. So if someone were having that conversation, I always just think of like, if I were on the other side of this, and someone were having that conversation with me, I would either become defensive or do that, that cry thing in response to that conversation. I mean, I could see that happening. I'm getting it in check. <laughs> but I, I know what my reactions tend to be. So I get that they would have possibly a reaction yeah okay yeah. So. you know we're always trying to manage other people's emotions whether <laughs> even when we don't realize it um, because we don't want to feel guilty we don't want to feel like we have done something to hurt somebody or we want to put them in a position to approve of us or like us or stay in our lives or uh, come for Christmas or put up the dishes or whatever so we're always you know, we're always kind of manipulating and controlling without really being consciously aware of that. But back to your question, um, you know, you can say something, depending on this relationship, you can say something like, you know, I know I have really been going on and on about this for a while, and I am just kind of uh, done talking about it for now, or I'm over myself, you know, I'm over it for now, and, and see if that helps. And um, if it doesn't, and if they continue to try to provide solicit advice, you can always change the subject. You can always, um, you know, if you're on the phone or you're talking socially distant, prop, you know, proper social distance, you can always, you know, have something that you need to go do. You know, you, you can step away from that. And taking charge of your own emotions and your own responses from people is is, is something that's very empowering mm -hmm. and we, we can do it in a kind way most of the time and most people will get it. it it's not that they will get the idea that you're uh, not liking them or not what they'll they'll put the two and two together every time I talk about eHarmony with Cassie or with Tracy she gets weird and goes away and if they value that friendship then they will respect that boundary right if, if it doesn't uh, you know, go against their boundary or something like that. So it's always, that's why it's got to be so fluid. You know, it's new information, uh, new emotions, new feelings, new facts. We, we, you know, if you're in touch with what's going on with yourself, if you can ask yourself how I feel about this, is this important to me? What is the risk benefit? And also notice something doesn't feel right. What is that? Oh, I don't like the way they hold my hand and squeeze really hard. You know, that that may be something somebody does that that's the way they show love or something. But in, in your family, you know, maybe, you know, it just didn't it didn't feel right. You know, you've set a set a boundary that says I'm not going to be hurt anymore. That feels hurting to you. <clears throat> so, yeah, you might risk them not wanting to hold your hand anymore. Right. But you can do it in a way that says, you know, for me. This is not what feels comfortable for me. It's, it, it actually brings up some stuff, depending on how close you are and how comfortable you are being vulnerable with this person. You can tell 
how much depth you, you know, you can share how much depth you want about what's behind this boundary setting. Uh, but, you know, we are always in flux. Mm. And if, if, if somebody's just getting started mm-hmm. and wants to kind of get a little bit more order in their life and, and um, a little more, feel a little more empowered and um, yeah. see what's really true, you know, I would encourage maybe a uh, values list. list. What's, what's important to me? Um, child welfare, uh, you know, just um, a political party, uh, you know, the color blue, uh, the ocean, uh, clean water, whatever. Just, just make some decisions about what really is important to you because that is all individual. Everybody's got their own. Not everybody likes oatmeal cookies with raisins. You know, there's, it's different. And it's okay to know what those are. And once you know what those are for yourself, you can make better decisions about what makes you feel right and good. And- I like that. I like that. Uh, and you and I both have done and do vision boards or a vision journal, whatever someone might want to mess with. That is, might even be a great place to, to work on that when you're doing that every six months or once a year, whenever you might do yours, or if you journal, like just find this a spot to to really think about that because I have done that before with the values and it is pretty powerful. It's enlightening and you can kind of prioritize, I don't wanna say your life, but maybe the direction you're wanting to move forward with everything around you. Yeah, I love that. And again, I just want to take a quick second to reintroduce Tracy Brady. And we are talking about boundaries. We're talking about boundaries. Do you feel like boundaries, is it okay to have some unspoken boundaries? Like those are boundaries for yourself. And do all boundaries have to have a verbal, hey world, this is my boundary. And for today and in this moment, or is it not super necessary to <laughs> worry about? I just got a visual of, you know, when, uh, when I, when I would make a decision about something that was really important, like, yeah, by golly, you know, it's almost like I have to go around, you know, with a poster board screaming it, you know, nobody mess with this, you know, I'm, I'm in charge now. <laughs> and, this uh, you know, is my boundary. <laughs> like, you know, it's like, and, you know, it does feel really good when you empower yourself. It, it really does. But you've mentioned internal boundaries and, and uh, they're all internal boundaries and not all of them have to be spoken, nor should they be. Um, you know, one of the things about, uh, you know, if you, if you ever decide that you're going to uh, quit smoking, for example, or you're not that you smoke, but uh, or you're going to quit cussing, or you're going to start exercising, you know, you make this boundary, this commitment to yourself or something, and then God forbid you tell some people, they're going to be on you. You know, oh, you smell like smoke. I thought you quit. You know, I oh my god. I wish I had never told you. So, and that's true. Some of these things we need to keep inside. We need to, that's a, 
it's a it's a it's a barrier between us and others that says this is where i where you start and i stop mm-hmm. and and certain people you know if you draw your if you right, here's a circle around my head and and right here may be where i let some people get but i may keep other people here right. outside the circle and i may occasionally bring somebody in right here but but it just depends on the level of trust mm. right mm-hmm. um and so not everything has to be spoken or right now when we talk about um emotional mental internal boundaries these are things that I, what i think about is something like allowing myself to go to a place of sadness I can go in my life I have gone to the bottom and luckily I'm alive but I have recognized over time that I cannot let myself go to go so far you know I have to bring it back and so I notice when I get sad about stuff I'm a very intense person and very I feel things strongly I'm very deep and Anyway, I love that about myself, but at the same time, I have to almost protect myself from myself. Mm. And I have to set a boundary about that. Um I have a tendency to you, you know, you're what did you say you do? You either cry or get angry. Defensive. I just Defensive. Yeah. Okay. Well, that makes sense to me. <laughs> because as soon as I start feeling vulnerable, I want to cry. Or as soon as I start feeling frustrated or angry, I go to cry. And I'm I'm pretty sure that's just the the coping skill I used when I was growing up. Um, but now, you know, if I'm if I'm having a um, an intimacy growth period with my partner or with my daughter or my mother or a friend, the last thing I want to do that is is cry all the time. Right. No, it's like, I, I kind of, you know, everybody says, be true to yourself. Well, is crying all the time being true to me? It's not. Right. It's, it's allowing myself, it's almost like allowing a, a five-year-old to have all the candy they want. Yeah. You know, I have to kind of fetch myself up sharply and have a little bit of, of loving parent come in there and say, here's where we draw the line mm-hmm. for your benefit. And for the benefit of your future with these relationships and all that kind of thing. So I know that's a that's just one example. But if there's something that is really getting somebody, you know, internally, they go to this place a lot. If there are a lot of triggers of watching the news, it's just become, you know, habitual and and because I know a lot of people that, that are doing that now and uh it and and it, it's it's not easy to self-regulate your emotions when it's very triggering uh, with COVID and policy and election and, you know, the, the divisiveness that may, you may or may not be, a, be aware of in your mind or not see or see. But any of these things can be, um, you know, anything actually can be a good, a good uh, school for your internal teacher and parent to say huh you know how is the class doing today you know maybe we don't need to do too much more on um uh world war ii because you know half the kids are crying or 
<laughs> you know, they're dreaming about blood and guts at night or something. I mean, I know that's a weird analogy, but we have to pay attention to what's going on inside of us in order to self-regulate and manage because like I said, the brain's going to go overthink, do crazy stuff, remember, try to figure out, try to defend. And sometimes that's overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's also why it's good to have a, a list of things that bring you joy. Yeah. Yeah. And so you can go to one of those, just go look, you know, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to take a break from all this. I'm going to go do something that brings me joy. That's a boundary. I like it. I like it. That just made me think of something I read that somebody basically made that list of things that bring them joy and tore, tore them off, put them in a bowl. And every time they would sit down to have breakfast, they would read one of those. And it was either like fun memories, just joyful things. So anything and everything that brought them joy, whether it was a memory or something they want to do or a word or a song, they threw it in there and they read that. And that started their day. They would read that as they were having breakfast. And I thought, what a great thing. Like just a reminder to be joyful. You know, you you make me think of something that another boundary I had to set for myself. I have a, a whiteboard. And just to give you a little history, I can do a graph paper with goals separated by how how they're measured by day by time oh my god I, I i did that for a couple of years and it was helpful but it got to be a lot of pressure and so recently i put on my whiteboard uh stop trying oh wow and it's in the back of my mind you know it's kind of simmering down there and you know it doesn't mean stop trying it means stop trying so hard because that I know myself and I can feel I can put the pressure on and I don't like the way that feels all the time you know um, I had a client um, who enjoyed swimming and they had a lot of pressure and rushed a lot of things and felt a lot of need to complete tasks in a very kind of hurried way and and was a lot of anxiety and so we worked through all that and and decided that maybe for them they could approach their tasks like they approached swimming Ah. and with the flow and the arms and just because that was something that they really felt true to themselves in and felt relaxed and so if you have something like that if it's fishing or swimming or baking or bird watching or coloring or whatever it might be. If you can approach some of these other issues or tasks in your life with that sense, just bring that with you into the, you can, you can, you can spread out your, you can increase your enjoyment and decrease your anxiety a little bit. Right. Those are some of the ways that we can pay attention to our own boundaries for ourselves. Right. I, I love that. Fantastic. I did want to get into how do we, like my kids are grown, but for 
those out there with small children who are possibly just learning to set boundaries. So they're not skilled at it. They're, they're figuring it out. But it's important to them to teach their children to set healthy boundaries. What steps could someone take to kind of work with children in setting boundaries? Well, the first thing that I like to encourage parents to do is to ask themselves if they are being a good example, if they like the way they're setting a boundary, setting their own boundaries, if they are um, comfortable and happy and have a process whereby they pay attention to how they feel, they check in with themselves, they know when their breathing is shallow, they know when something feels weird in their gut. If they know how to do that, they can teach their children how to do that. Nice. At an age-appropriate level, of course. Even small, small children can, you know, you can ask them at two, two or three years old, does it hurt in your tummy? Does it, does it feel good when, you know, doesn't that feel good when you touch a puppy softly? You know, that's sweet. You can reflect back to your children with your words and your energy and your emotion and your facial expressions. This is how they learn. This is what feels good, kindness, gentleness. Um, It's just mostly about being good examples because children will do what you do, not what you say necessarily. (laughs) They emulate. We emulate our parents without realizing that we're doing it until we're like, oh, God, I never wanted to do that thing that my parent did, and here I am doing it. Oh, my gosh. I've become my mother. (laughs) And most of the time, that's fantastic. Absolutely. We don't have perfect parents. They didn't get a manual. They weren't taught how to do this by their parents for the most part. We're very fortunate we live in a very enlightened and enlightening time right now. We can pay attention to these things and and increase our, um, or at least minimize our suffering a little bit more. Right. No, that's wonderful. Again, this was Tracy Brady. She joined today to talk about boundaries. And I think what I love about when we do talk, Tracy, is that we tend to go in awesome loops and we do talk about a lot of things under one umbrella. So thank you so much for sharing your knowledge and continuing to come on and and for being my friend. I greatly appreciate it. And to all of you, thank you so much for tuning in, listening, watching, however you're doing your thing. Stay curious, my friend. Stay curious.